Welcome to the podcast series of India Risco Initiative by Global Risk Management Institute and Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry. Given lack of industry-wide policies and implementation standards around risk management, FICI and GRMI realized there is a significant opportunity to drive top leadership in the space. The vision is to create a model risk code for the Indian industry and to develop effective enablers for practical implementation along with enhancing awareness among corporate leaders on the role of risk management in driving sustainable growth. For the sixth episode of the series, we have with us Mr. Richard Rickey, former CEO of KPMG India, current board member of KPMG Dubai, and Mr. Shubhashish Nath, founder and mentor of GRMI, SVP, an enterprise risk and compliance service line leader at Genpact, to discuss about views and perspectives around need for improved risk management and practical tips on risk management making it real. Good morning, Richard, and uh, welcome to the series of Risk Management Making It Real. Absolutely delighted to have you as uh, our guest for today. So, you know, you've been in this world of risk management for the longest time, Richard. Uh, do you believe post-COVID there's a greater appreciation for risk management and executive with executive leaders? Uh, and do you think it's here to stay, or is this, again, something transient that uh, will fade away in people's memories? Uh, good morning, Savashish, and uh, thanks for having me and uh, really appreciate doing this topic, which is very close to my heart. Um, uh, one has been a practitioner uh, for few many years, actually, the last few years since India uh, opened up the corporate governance in which risk management is a part of it. Uh, for me, I, the way I see uh, risk management post-COVID, I think it has been turned on its head. Uh, it is, uh, uh, there is a new normal in my view, which has been fixed. And however, risk management itself has to become more efficient and effective uh, so that high performing organizations actually use it as a tool to improve their performance and just not look at it only just from a risk angle. So, uh, so when you looked at earlier before the pandemic, risk um, uh, had to deal with external pressures of increased industry regulation, cutting cost, et cetera. Uh, however, since the pandemic has come, this has come on the top table of everybody. Because what people have realized that the ones which did not have a good risk management process in place were not able to deal with the pandemic effectively. They were dealing it with ad hoc basis and it was not helping. So, um, uh, so today we have leaders who are not even part of the risk management actually coming together to make this as part of the uh, their main function. So risk management, in my view, has become on the top table of senior executives. I'm talking right from the senior management. It's no more left to the risk function because uh, uh, the risk of COVID was real. It impacted businesses like no other risk has impacted. And if you read all the commentary that is coming out, this COVID is not a one-off. There are going to be many more similar kind of things which are going to impact companies. So risk management is not a one-off. Like you were asking whether this is just a fad, it will go away. No, it will not go away. 
because uh, companies have realized the cost they had to incur to get their businesses back on track the amount of effort the amount of uh, but if they had some good processes in place it would have been much easier so i think all the efforts and time that has gone into it has obviously helped in uh, uh, making it so uh, i would just say uh that companies have fundamentally challenged and changed the way they identify assess manage and monitor risk so it has taken away the old uh, uh, ways of crisis management uh, resilience uh, business continuity planning as we understood it uh because even i was shocked i thought business continuity was all about getting the business up and running it's not about that it's about the basic business which actually went out of Uh, was not there anymore there were no clients no customers no factories closed so uh, and also all the geopolitical issues so while you have spoken about covid i think the geopolitical and the cross functional risks that are actually impacting companies globalization deglobalization all these are coming together at one point of time and i think risk management has become uh, very central to what top leadership is thinking about and uh, in my view this is my view it is permanent it is here to stay in fact it will get more and more enhanced people will be looking for more tools people will be looking for more direction people will be looking for more help they'll be looking for some structure they'll be looking for some guidance the one thing that has to get built up uh, like in the case of corporate governance one would need to get empirical evidence over a period of time that the companies which are following good risk structured good risk management processes are actually benefiting from it in terms of bottom line in terms of uh, dealing with risk so i think that will have to get built over a period of time we've just had the pandemic i'm sure uh, uh, post pandemic uh, we are still in the pandemic actually we have not got out of it but uh, in a post uh, era one is going to do a lot of soul searching and understand from where it is coming um and i think uh, putting working around risk at this time there's no better time actually from a push perspective but uh, uh, but i'm uh, i'm convinced that this is going to be uh, it's here to stay thanks so basically what you're saying is you know as long as there is real value delivery that companies see uh there is going to be even greater yeah. sort of acceptance of this yeah and also subhashish <laughs> i will also say that it is important that companies take it as part of their strategy and operational management it should not be uh, you know left outside as a bolt on strat as a bolt on it should be part of main strategy like you do your strategic review of your company on various factors risk should be one of those factors uh, <clears throat> and with esg gaining ground um uh, and gaining a lot of acceptability because of the environment part of it but then we have got also the social and the governance part of it i think uh, we are going to uh, see a lot more traction in this area because also uh, just to share with you uh, investors will start asking questions uh investors are going to invest in companies are going to ask how strong are your risk management processes are going to put money in it and they are going to reward companies uh, uh for good risk management processes and uh, i won't be surprised if some day some rating agency also comes and rates companies on risk management and says what is the quality of risk management is just not about putting it in process 
but also what is the quality and uh, is it being followed in spirit? So the important part of it is risk management has to be followed in spirit right from the top table, from the top uh, of the company. And then it percolates down to every level. Um, uh, as you know, because you're a risk management professional yourself, that if it is not uh, cascaded down to the lowest level in the organization, because that's where the transaction takes place, we would have lost the plot. Interesting you say that, Richard, because uh, you know how important is it to have this tone at the top? Uh, often things have got done because of regulations. You know, we all know that in India, the top thousand companies are now expected to have uh, risk committees in place. But uh, ideally, like you said, this is not about what the regulator says. In the India market today, uh, for just not the top thousand, but actually companies who want to do good business uh, to be able to, you know, make this more impactful and successful. Again, I'll just try to repeat one or two of my points is uh, that the boards need to be provided with tools where they can quantify both on quantity and quality, the information on total on how the risk is being managed. Uh, because boards will not be capable of doing it on their own. They will need risk professionals to help them. And, uh, uh, and I think the enterprise risk management framework is something that will really need to be put in because you have to look at the risk culture, look at the risk appetite. Look, I'm, I'm just saying all these tools will need to be provided. And also the management will have to give confidence to the investors and to the board that they are managing it in an appropriate way. So if you're asking me, the thousand top thousand companies have to put a risk committee in place, but I hope they just don't go and tick the box because a risk committee can be put in place. You have all that, but if you're not doing the actual work around it and you're saying you've got, uh, it, it, you will defeat the purpose of it. So even on the thousand companies, I have a few questions and say that uh, it should be done in a proper way. Uh, and risk management is not another committee. Let's understand, it's not another committee. It requires a lot of technical competence. It requires a lot of knowledge. It requires a lot of experience. And it needs to be cross-functional. It needs to have people who have been trained and people who understand risk management. It's a very, very specialized field. So I think it is time that companies hire some good quality risk professionals into the team who can help them. And also use the experience on cross-functional across the organization because risk management is just not for a finance guy or somebody to do it. I mean, it covers marketing, sales, uh, production, people, everything gets covered under this thing. And so, uh, so while I say that this is a step in the right direction because regulations drive uh, uh, you know, adoption, but we, as we have seen in corporate governance, when the clause 49 was amended, a lot of companies just ticked the box at, in the few years, first few years. And uh, actually it, it worked the other way around because you built in a cost and you never got any benefit out of it. So uh, I think here we should not make the same mistake. So when we are putting it in, at least for the top, I'm going to first talk about the top, uh, top thousand companies. Even they need a lot of support, a lot of help they will need uh, people like you and uh, you know, like your institute, which is doing a lot of work around uh, risk management. These uh, people to be trained in risk management. There are not many places where people get uh, training in risk management. So I think you need trained risk management professionals. And then as far as the other companies are concerned beyond the thousand companies, I think there needs to be a huge awareness program. 
and i would say that it may be uh, it may be good to see whether one could build an ecosystem where uh, uh, you know a group of companies can come together and take help from uh, you know from a, a source uh, which is commonly shared of putting this risk management because it's it's not going to be easy for companies to put it themselves it's not going to be very easy and they will need a lot of help whether consultants whether you know in the initial stages but then you'll have to over a period of time build your own team and then the team's training knowledge experience will have to be enhanced risk management will become in my view one of the <clears throat> uh, new openings for people's jobs job creation and it will create its own uh, uh, it will have its own uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, career path where pe people will sit at the top table as a risk management head you know whatever the whatever title you want to call it uh, will sit on the top of the table and i won't be surprised like we have cio cfo you'll have a cro sitting right on top of uh, um, uh, on on the top table and actually managing it overall i mean because you used to work with cross functional because one very important point uh, which i don't want to get lost out here is risk between functions is where the ball gets dropped so when because companies work seamlessly so when you have a risk in a particular function how does that risk transfer on to when it goes to another function so it has to be seamlessly handled and this is where the cro comes to play a role uh, because <clears throat> the uh, the marketing guy will only bother about marketing the people's guy will only bother what people but this guy will have to take all the risk see where connect the dots and understand how the company is going to uh, benefit and i would also go uh, one step further because when we talk of risk people get scared and they think it is negative i think we need to look at risk and reward because if you have a good risk management process in place there's a reward at the other end and i think people need to know that if you put good processes in place your earnings will be better your back office is stronger you will be able to grow faster you will be able to take some of those uh, decisions i i'm just giving you a simple example today a marketing guy is sitting uh, 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 you know taking decisions in the market to give discounts or to increase his sales or look at new markets i think risk management plays a very critical role in telling and helping that individual take that decision in a more uh, uh, knowledgeable way with a lot of tools this i'm saying this uh, uh, in my view a lot of tools will need to get developed to make risk management effective and then finally help in improving the bottom line see the end result is everything needs to go to help in reducing the cost or increasing the revenue whichever way you look at it so it and that's where risk management can actually play a very very strong role and an important role uh, in uh, moving this forward and with regulators coming with so many new regulations uh, one has to see how are you managing that risk because we know companies can go down because of regulations so are we so i'm just saying every aspect has to be looked at in a very very uh, different way and uh, uh, i would say that uh, a good management will ensure that they have given equal importance or given uh, to risk management then what they give now everybody yeah, i think i think that perfectly sort of tees up the next uh, topic i want to sort of uh, chat on with you richard which is there are enough companies who are already successful uh, and therefore it's possibly just because you know they were good business leaders they took the right decisions 
So, but they may not have the most structured risk management framework or approach in place. So how do you get uh, executive leadership to recognize the need for it, to make it more institutionalized versus people dependent? And would you say business by intuition is an effective alternative for structured risk management? So somebody asked me a question sometime back, and this is many years back, by saying, uh, you know, you're coming with all this risk management and all these kind of things. So you think uh, you've got something new to add. I said, no, I've got nothing new to add. I'm only bringing a science to it. Uh, because uh, um, uh, a proprietor or an owner of a business always manages his risk, right? And that was very people dependent. Please understand two things. Two things have changed or few things have changed. Number one, businesses have become more complex. They become larger. They become global. Uh, they've got the technology has come in and disrupted a lot of things the way we work. It is not humanly possible to have risk management through intuition anymore. So uh, it worked at some point of time because the promoter owned 100% of the company, ensured that the company you know, made its profit, et cetera. But today the businesses are too large. Even that promoter who was managing on his own cannot manage anymore because it's gone too big for that individual span of control because today's company could be having branches and factories all over the world, et cetera. So I think a risk management, like any other thing which grows, you need process. And that process, which is a structured process, will help companies take structured decisions. So it, when you go to the market, uh, again, and coming back to my own marketing example, you say, I want to give 5% discount. Now, earlier, promoter would have taken on his own intuition, okay, 5%, fine, I'm making X money, I can give 5%. But today, that 5%, maybe you're putting the company into a loss. Maybe. So, uh, so the decision that has to be taken in a structured way that if we give a 5% discount, how is it going to impact my bottom line? How is it going to impact? And these are the things which the person will be made ready with. And this can only come from a structured program. So we need to have structured programs. We need to have, I'm sorry, I'm coming back to the whole thing. We need to have it very IT enabled. We need to have dashboards. We need to have systems and processes which alert the company immediately. It's like any other, uh, you know, in a telecom company, you have this fraud risk alert. So we need to have this risk alerts coming out of the company that there is a breach of risk. So I think it needs to be, I mean, I'm talking this at the very highest level when we reach there, but I think we need to have a lot of tools which enable companies to take those decisions. So I'm not for intuition. Uh, for small businesses, it may be still okay, but not uh, for the companies that we are talking about or the companies which aim to be. I mean, just take a small, uh, so which is, let's take a small uh, company, a startup, which is now growing into, uh, you know, going to hoping to become a large company. If it doesn't put the risk management processes in place, now it is going to suffer. So I've, uh, I've known of so many companies which have actually adopted good practices, even when they were small, they grew large, they became highly profitable and highly successful. So it's the companies need to make that choice. Ultimately, it's going to be valuations, it's going to be investors, it's going to be rating agencies, which are going to determine how companies will operate in this market. And uh, we are going to see those external forces come in, which are going to force companies to actually get there. So Richard, again, uh, as the co-chair of the initiative between FIKI and GRMI, the risk task force, uh, as you, know, you all are looking at building this risk code, what would you define at the end of it as saying, we were successful. 
you know when i became a part of this uh, task force my dream was that uh, this risk code should be adopted by the country the risk code that we are putting together should be adopted by the country as the framework in which all companies will operate and uh, because uh, there is currently no framework or no code available within the country uh, or even globally i don't know how many of them are available you know but i think this is something that will move and this risk code is just not like a, a, a coso framework or you know just putting it there it is about how practically you will run your company how practically you will manage your risk and how you will put it together and this is obviously the basic minimum that you require with some good practices thrown in i think uh, uh, companies uh, for me success would be that if this code is adopted by the regulators and by the companies um, uh, by the regulators would be the first step because then they will implement and say here's a risk code uh, with whatever tweakings or you know fine uh, thing that they would like to put together and uh, uh, and there is adoption across companies and just not adoption because the regulator wanted it but because the companies believe that this risk code is good for them that's the ultimate success but i would say the first success would be the regulator accepting this risk code and uh, coming from an organization like fiki which has got huge number of corporate members uh, fiki can make it uh, this thing uh, you know voluntary at least in the beginning to start with for their companies to adopt it and then the regulators pick it up because uh, i'm sure uh, the regulators going to look at this very seriously because there is nothing like this available within the country and uh, seeing the amount of effort and hard work that is already gone into preparing this uh, code uh, i think it's going to be a very useful tool in the hands of companies to uh, actually adopt and all forward looking companies in my view should take it as a uh, uh, you know something that they would like to follow so as we sort of get to the close of this discussion richard you referred to you know adoption so beyond the regulator again sort of making it mandatory for a set of companies or or however they do uh what do you think companies would need to do for better adoption better implementation of the risk code how does it become their dna okay so i think uh, the way we go about it um, suvashish i think there first needs to be awareness programs uh, where there will be a lot of conferences awareness sessions what is this risk code about uh, how does it help companies i think uh, the business case needs to be made out of it as to how is it good for business and uh, because once you're able to get the business case made out and say that this is good for you and if you follow this risk code it will be good for your company you will be more uh, you will be able to effectively run your company better and you will be better against your competition so if one can give them that satisfaction that if you take two companies one who's not following this and one who's following it is there any difference in it and there will have to be a very quickly and in today's world we know everything is about speed how do we actually uh, get this kind of information out there to them quicker enough uh, and not wait for some four years or five years to take out historical data because you can even give it at a much faster pace i think use use of technology use of it so i would say first is the awareness session secondly is to get uh, we need teams of people who are trained who can actually go and uh, you know put this in place because like i said we have shortage of risk management professionals in this country 
of trained risk management professionals because this is a very specialized uh, field so i think uh, one would need to do the training around the culture around uh, understanding what this key framework is all about then putting it uh, uh, creating a risk awareness in the company and then building out the key risk parameters that need to be put in and uh, how do you engage uh, in choices and alternatives that companies will need to take while adopting this risk management and also how do you get your risk governance up up and running uh, uh, two things are going to happen in my view uh, which uh, this is going to drive it one is uh, uh, you said beyond the regulator making it mandatory right beyond the regulator making it mandatory it is going to be their own profit and loss account or their own competitive positioning their own ability to get funds their own ability to run their companies more effectively which is going to drive it and i think if we are able to convince the promoters that or the people who are managing the companies that this is the right investment that you have to make because let's be clear there is an investment but that investment will pay back in a very short time if we get it uh, right so i think uh, from that point of view it will be much more effective thank you so much richard for your time today it was a terrific discussion and look forward to our continued sort of journey on this report thank you once again richard thank you so much thank you and all the best you have reached the end of this episode of india risk code initiative by jrmi and piggy the podcast is available on apple podcast spotify and google podcast visit indiariskcode.grm.institute for more details thank you for tuning in